This is part two of a special two-part episode, a conversation with Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg about VR and AR. In the second half of our conversation, we discuss social media and how VR could evolve what Facebook becomes, as well as where kids fit into the picture with Oculus Quest, and how Facebook could be integrating VR into its remote work plans. I'm Scott Stein, filling in for Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. So, and speaking of social, um, because I, I think about that a lot too, you just launched a, a, a revamped um, version of social avatars, uh, Horizon, which is kind of seems like Facebook's metaverse, um, is it keeps approaching. Do you have you been spending time inside? I've, I've, I've had two demos in Horizon over the past couple of years, but I was curious if you're spending time in there and and, and what you might be doing in it and whether that might be heading towards a launch. Yeah, it's this is a big project for us because there needs to be a social fabric that goes across these different all of the different layers of, of virtual reality. And um, and that's what we hope to do with Horizon. So part of it is we're building you know, this, this environment where, where individual creators can create worlds and you can hang out with your friends. Um, you know, part of it is we're building out this avatar system that is going to get increasingly expressive on the one hand. And then, you know, if you want also increasingly realistic, um, although I, I think not everyone wants to be exactly realistic over the time. So you want to kind of offer both expressive and realistic. Um, and there, there are all these different services of this. Um, but but basically, that, that's a big part of what we want to do around around Horizon. It also you know, spans, um, you know, not just it's not just social use cases. It's not just gaming. I think it's also going to be work and collaboration and productivity. And, you know, that's a big thing that we focused on. And there are some interesting experiences in, in virtual reality now. Um, but I have to say, I mean, one of the things that, I, that I've been excited about is we you know, start thinking in, about what the policies are going to be around how, um, you know, employees start returning to the offices um, you know, after the pandemic clears up, one of the things that I hope is that, you know, going forward at, at Facebook, um, you know, in addition to doing video conferences and, and stuff like that, um, you know, I, I want to, you know, basically have our culture be that, you know, a lot of our employees are, are holding meetings in, in VR, you know, in something like Horizon. Um, so that way, um, we're, we're, every employee at the company is kind of contributing to, you know, giving feedback, helping to tune and, and, and make those experiences better and better so that way they can serve all these different use cases. Um, it was, you know, from the beginning when we got interested in, in, or got really got started working on virtual reality, a lot of the, the theory and what we saw was, you know, what virtual reality is really about the sense of presence and therefore it's about social connection more than it's about, you know, just whatever the technology is. And, I would expect that as these things get built out more, and whether it's just use cases for hanging out and chatting or you know playing different things together or working together and collaborating, I would bet that those will be a lot of the biggest uses of this over the long term. Um, and, and we're very focused on just giving creators and developers the tools to build that with, um, with Horizon. So it's a very big priority for us. We're not building it as you know just an just kind of a single app or experience. We're building it out as more of a platform um, that will enable people to, to build a lot of these different things over time. Um, and that's why it's, you know, we're building it methodically and step-by-step step and, you know, maybe it's it's um, taken a little longer than we would have thought to, to kind of have its first kind of major completely open release. But it's a very important part of what we're doing in the whole vision here. And 
I think it will play a big role towards helping to build out this broader metaverse that um, that will go across you know all of virtual and augmented reality. Do you see Horizon as a chance to kind of rethink the the idea of what social media is for Facebook, or do you also see there are more Facebook elements coming into VR? Do you see that continuing, and and which one which one do you think is is the closest to what that is as far as your vision? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I, I certainly think that this is going to rethink how we what, what what kind of our perception of social experiences are. I mean, you asked about social media specifically, but I think social media is one category of social experiences, right? I don't know if you'd consider, you know, for example, WhatsApp to be social media in the same sense that you would exp- that you would that you would you know say that you know Facebook or Twitter or or YouTube are, um, and so similarly, I think that what you're going to see with the metaverse and people interacting in virtual and augmented reality is it's probably at least as different, if not more, um, from all these 2D type interfaces, um, even though there will be some similarities. So I think that, that it, it, it is sort of an environment, an, an opportunity to kind of imagine what these social experiences can be in a, in a, in a completely different environment. And I mean, this is a lot of what gets me really excited about this is, you know, I, I literally remember when I was a kid um, in middle school, you know, sitting in my you know, math class, I, I think it was like basically sketching in my, my notebook every day. You know, I, I just kind of dream while, while the teacher was, was going on and lecturing about something about what I wanted to go home and build and code that night. And, um, and I, I didn't, you know, the tools didn't exist yet to do this, but like the ultimate thing that I really hoped to do one day was build out this kind of 3D immersive world where people can build different things. And you know, I feel like now that's starting to become possible with all this technology. And, and I think that's super exciting. So now we're literally able to start building and imagining um, some of these experiences that um, that are like the holy grail of social experiences, because you can actually like you're going to be able to, you know, with AR glasses in the future, when we're having this conversation, you know, you'll just be able to be, you'll be a hologram sitting on my couch next to me, um, you know, rather than, than doing this over video or, or doing this over audio or, you know, in virtual reality, we can go into the same space. And, um, and a lot, in a lot of ways, meetings in, in VR today or, or kind of hanging out already feel, um, you know, more present and realistic than being, on video conference with someone because of the spatial audio, right? If, if someone's to your right, you, you hear it coming from the right, you have a shared sense of the space, um, which, which you don't when you're on, you know, say a Zoom call, for example, where, you know, everyone's grid is a little bit different and all your meetings kind of look the same. Um, so I, I do think these social experiences here are going to be different, but pretty awesome. And, um, and, and I think getting a chance to build that from the ground up not within sort of a box or, or platform that's defined by um, by other companies who have their own sense of what a computer or a phone or something are, but really getting to to design that whole experience from first principles around how people should be able to be present and connected with each other um, is is um, you know I, I just think it's it's a lot of the most exciting work that we're doing. Well, and I think about that excitement you you bring up having dreaming this as a kid. Um, when we talk about using VR in the here and now and, and what it's becoming for people, I see a lot of people, I, I wanted to bring this up because my, my nephew wanted me to ask this too. I know a lot of people who are getting Oculus Quest and, and, and their kids are playing games in it. And 
And it's interesting because I know there's no Facebook account set up for under 13, but kids are really excited about it. Kids are learning a lot with it. Parents are doing stuff with them with it. But also, I wonder how you feel about that and if you see more of a role for it with kids or or kid mode. Um, My 13-year-old nephew was asking me to ask you about, you know, if if you're going to be adding more things like that or a kid's version of the headset um, at some point? Yeah, it's it's a good question. And, and I imagine that is part of the full vision over time. We'll have to address that more. But you know, as you know, in order to use this, um, you know, you sign in with your Facebook account. That way you can have all your friends there and have the kind of social experience that we're trying to build. Um, but, you know, you, you can't have a Facebook account if you're under 13. So I think it's probably quite a ways off that we'd really um, build something like this. And there are also some, I think, pretty fundamental physical challenges with it, right? In that, you know, the the device is designed for people who have a certain um, IPD or interpupillary distance range. So how how far apart are your eyes? Um, And, you know, different things like the weighting of the device um, are designed for, you know, people who have a certain amount of neck strength, for example, right? So not, not small kids, but, um, you know, but at least people in their teens and, um, and adults. And those are things that I think will have to be overcome before you design, um, even just hardware that I think really makes sense for, um, younger kids to be wearing for an extended period of time. Um, but it, it is certainly interesting. I think over the long term, education is, is certainly going to be one of the, um, really promising verticals here. And, you know, we already see, and I, I hear these, these stories all the time about, you know, in, in kind of higher ed examples, you know, I heard about this program where, um, you know, some heart surgeons were being trained uh, to do this. And I think that there was actually some, like uh, an experiment that was run comparing heart surgeons who were trained doing um, basically with the training in 3D so that they can see the um, the, the heart and see some of the things that they were doing compared to people who had just been in lectures and experienced it, um, in a more theoretical way. And my understanding is that the people who had the VR training generally performed better, which is, you know, that intuitively makes a lot of sense. So giving people the ability to do things hands-on, um, and to experience them, I think is going to beat being lectured to, or, or just reading a book, um, a lot of times in the future. And I think there are opportunities to build those kind of educational experiences, um, you know, not just for the youngest kids, but you know, even today, teens can use this, and you know, people who who are doing higher education can do this. Um, and, and there are even opportunities to do this in ways that are not um, traditionally what you'd think about as education. Right? One 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 view on communication technology is that they're basically technologies around sharing a perspective. Right. It's like some people describe books that way. It's basically books are a technology for for kind of sharing a perspective and, and kind of trying to internalize someone else's perspective. And, you know, certainly film and, and other things try to do that well. But in a lot of ways, I think virtual reality is the ultimate in that because it literally lets you, uh, you know, embody someone and in, in, in walk in their shoes um, and experience some of of what they're actually seeing and, and feeling around them. Um, so I think that's going to be pretty powerful for, uh, not just kind of school type learning, but 
culture and, um, and, and just sharing each other's experiences and getting more empathy for what other people are experiencing around the world as well. Yeah, I should say my kids are 12 and eight and your kids are, are much younger. Um, I, I don't use VR that much with them at all, but I was curious if you ever thought of a moment when, when you might use VR with your kids or have you thought about, you know, is that something that you would, you would use at them at some point? Yeah, no, I, I haven't done that yet. Um, you know, Max is five now and she, I mean, she sees me doing it and thinks it looks like I'm having a lot of fun. So, um, and so she uh, has certainly asked if she can jump in. I told her when she's older, but, um, but it's, it's an interesting question and on, on all this stuff. And the only other thing that I'd add on top of all the challenges that we've talked about so far is that, you know, part of the work that we do with younger kids and, you know, work on messenger kids, for example, you know, making it an experience that, that parents can really control. Um, you, we do a lot to consult with experts and to make sure that we're doing this in, in a good way. So I don't think this is ever going to be something that, you know, we here at Facebook just decide here is how it should be for younger kids. And therefore we're going to go do it. Um, this will be something that, you know, it's not, this is not the the top priority or near priority anytime soon. There's a lot of other challenges that I think we need to solve to, to help um, expand virtual reality and help more people experience this. But I do think you're, you're highlighting what I think, you know, in, in, in kind of a 10 to 20 year future is, um, you know, I think people are going to want to use this in this way. And I think we'll approach that by being more open with the community of educators and experts and really taking their lead on, on what the right way is to approach this. Yeah, I think about it mainly right now because I, I have friends literally reaching out to me all the time and asking me for advice. And then I'll say to them, it's not technically recommended for that, but then they're still using it anyhow like a game console. And I'm thinking of the best way to help them uh, despite them pushing on. So it's it, it seems like it's been pushed into the forefront. It's, a, it's an interesting question. Yeah, definitely. So I, I also want to ask, when you mentioned work in VR um, and, and aiming to get Facebook to work in VR, is there a certain... Um, is that happening right now, or do you find that you're doing certain types of work in VR, or um, or are you setting up a sort of a routine for that with people right now? Well, I think that over the next several months, some more people are going to start coming back into the offices, especially as vaccines ramp up, and we're trying to figure out what the new rhythm is going to be. So, um, yeah, I think that 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 can be that's that's part of what I'm trying to to figure out exactly how that how that's going to all fit together. Um, but, you know, for example, you can conceivably have a meeting that's hosted in virtual reality where some people who aren't in virtual reality um, can, can video conference in and be a part of the, the meeting. Just like if you were in a physical meeting, you could have a screen and people could be on that screen. So I, I think being able to make it so that as many people who are not together um, can feel like they're present. And I think virtual reality can be a big part of that. That, that to me seems like a good direction for us to go in. And then given that this is such a big focus for our company, I really believe in dog fooding your own project products or dog fooding is, I guess, a, our technical term for eating, eating your own dog food, which is by itself a technical term, um, which is basically saying if you're, if you're in the middle of building out a product, what um, the best practice is to, to use your product all the time. And um, if, if we want to get this to be better and better, then, then I, I do think it will be, we will be well served by having a lot of people inside the company and outside use it. But yeah, I mean, some of the meetings that I've had in, in, in virtual reality so far, 
are um, it's it's pretty good. It's it's interesting and it's different from from um, video chat calls. And you know, it, I'd say you know just to start off and, and be fair on some of the places where it's not as good um, right now are um, you know obviously if you're on a video call um, you can get a little higher resolution on the person's face. So you know we don't quite have perfectly realistic avatars yet um, in, in VR in the way that, that we do if you're on, you know, a Zoom call, for example. Um, but there's technology that, that we're working on that will hopefully get there over the coming years. Um, but then I think that there are all these things that are actually quite a lot better about, um, about meeting or being present in VR than, than even Zoom calls today. I mean, I, I mentioned this before, but, you know, a lot of how we as people process and even remember things um, is through a shared sense of space. So if you're sitting in a room with someone, you know, if you're on on my right and we're sitting on a couch, you know we have this shared memory where it's like, all right, I remember that you were kind of sitting next to me. You're on my right on the couch, and if if you're on my right, then that means I'm on your left. So we we kind of have a shared sense of what's going on in the space, and all of our different memories, my my visual memory is of. of you know, thinking of I'm turning to my right and seeing you. My audio memory is I'm hearing the audio come from the right. Um, you know, it's th- that stuff. I think all ends up being pretty important in terms of imprinting memories um, and feeling like this is a real experience where you're present in a in a space together. Um, and you don't get that on video calls today. And I think it's actually pretty interesting. I find that when I'm on a bunch of video calls. I actually, they all kind of blend together and I have a hard time remembering exactly which call, um, you know, something was set on um, or it's it's just kind of harder to place it because there's no real sense of space. And um, and there's certainly no shared sense of space. And, you know, the, if you're saying something, it's not coming from my right or my left. And, um, and, and if you're kind of in my upper right-hand corner on my Zoom screen, that doesn't mean that, that I'm in any particular place on yours. There's no shared sense of that at all. So, I actually think that even though the avatars aren't quite fully defined yet, um, although we did just roll out the new avatar system, which is which is pretty good and is is certainly a big step in this direction, e- even with, without that piece kind of fully being in its final state yet, um, I still think that there are a lot of advantages to to kind of the presence that you get in virtual reality compared to the other modes of communication that we have. And I think that if we're already there with the fidelity of experiences that are possible today, to me, that just says, you know, wow, in, in five years, this is going to be, um, you know, clearly better on almost all these fronts for a lot of the things that we do. Uh, I just want to say thanks a lot for this, for the time to talk to you about this. I feel like I, I have so many more questions to ask, but I'm, I'm excited to see where Quest evolves too. And, and i very curious about Horizon. Thank you for the time. Happy to do it. And and I'm um, looking forward to, to showing you some of the new stuff we have coming out soon too. Yeah, likewise. And that concludes our conversation with Mark Zuckerberg. You can also read the conversation and our story on CNET.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or sign up for direct text messages by heading to CNET.co slash Daily Charge or follow me on Twitter at JetScott. If you liked what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Scott Stein. Thanks for listening.